0: do it i'm recording
1: hello everybody welcome back to a bald move prestige podcast today we're talking about the 2008 um political farce burn after reading written and directed by joel cohen and ethan cohen the brothers cohen it stars george clooney francis mcdormand john malkovich tilda swinton richard jenkins brad pitt fantastic cast they all do a really good job the film looks like uh, a million bucks. Um, what what do you think of it, Jim? Uh, well, this is my first
0: time seeing it. It's one of those few Cohen movies that I haven't seen yet. Um, right. And yeah, looking at the star power, I was like, "Oh boy, there is just there. There's more acting talent in this movie than any movie has a right to have." Um, and, and it's some familiar stuff from the Coens, right? Like you got the George Clooney's, you got the Francis McDormans. uh. And so I was pretty excited. I went into it, though, knowing that you didn't particularly like this on your first watch way back. Yeah. Uh, So I was I was a little hesitant thinking, okay, we'll see. We'll see what to make of this. And I think there are definitely like some really funny moments in this movie. Um, Yes. And I was happy when those came along because for the most part, I didn't like this movie very much. Uh, And it kind of started right away. I think for me, starting with this dinner party, uh, you know, him getting fired and going right into this dinner party and that scene with his wife, uh, we're talking about John Malkovich's character Cox. um, None of that hit for me, like all these people are just like bad people like I, I would hate to be at that party. There's there's no mm-hmm. redeeming quality there. Um, and so to start off with that, it kind of started on a sour note for me. And then it sort of continued with what I think is. Maybe, you know, intentional, um, but sporadic, like editing here and there, it, it's like they're, they're constantly cutting back and forth between all these different characters, because there are a ton of characters. Right. And they all have their own POVs and they all have like backstories that they're trying to get to. Um and I just found like between the, the pacing of this thing, uh taking a while to get into the stuff that I think of as like Cohen films, um, and that editing style and it not being super funny most of the time, or the the humor being way more subtle than um I was expecting from a Cohen Brothers film. It it just yeah, it wasn't clicking for me.
1: Yeah, so this is the, um, I agree largely with everything you said. This is the third time I've seen it. I The first time I saw this, I went to see it at the movie theater. I was, you know, this is very early on to my being free of my religious uh, things. And I was really, cause I've I've always admired the Coen Brothers films. And I think this is the first opportunity for me to see one in a the theater. And it looked amazing. Oh, like, wow. you know, I was a big fan of what brother, where, where art, Oh brother where art thou what? yeah Oh brother where art thou thank <laughs> you thank you I was trying to butcher it um and Fargo so of course and yeah. and and seeing you know George and Francis back together and you know all these other characters I was very excited the the commercials the trailers looked very funny and I remember watching it and like there was like three pretty good belly laughs. Oh yeah. in it. Like there's one in particular that is just just the setup and <laughs> the juxtaposition of what you were expecting versus what you actually got uh it really brings down the house. But it just left me really cold. Yeah. And I think um know when I think of uh the other Cohen Screwball films like The Big Lebowski um Raising Arizona, raising Arizona, even Fargo, which is kind of in this kind of black comedy lane. There's always a person or two that I am really pulling for, Mm -hmm. you know, that they are very charismatic. uh, They're innocent. They're not up to anything. They just they have a very simple desire to get back with their family or to have a child or, you know, <laughs> to be left the hell
0: alone, get their rug back, you know, to, to
1: be left alone and get the damn rug back and go back to, you know, enjoying the rest of their life. Um, yeah. stuff that like, you and I could root for. And, um, it's kind of like, you know, warm and fuzzy characters. And in this, it's a very um, always sunny sensibility and that everyone is kind of some version of a selfish, oblivious asshole. There's elements yeah. of them that are sympathetic. Like I sympathize with, you know, someone going through middle life and realizing that their body is on the back half of where it used to be. And, you know, they're losing their desirability and they have put a lot of stock in that. I empathize with someone mm-hmm. who. Feels lonely in a relationship and, you know, neglected and and bored and and goes, I I kind of, you know, frustrations of someone who is smarter than he thinks everybody else in the crowd is and has never appreciated. But like the goals that they all individually have and the way they're going about it is all like everyone in this is essentially, um, you know, uh, the 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 William H. Macy character from Fargo. Yeah, yeah. They're all going about some petty crime and treason to get ultimately very vain, glorious things to happen. And, you know, there wasn't a a like I guess there is a character. Richard Jenkins, the, the okay. hard bodies manager, is that guy. But he's introduced so late in the film and he's such a, a slip of a, a, a wisp of a performance that, like, yeah. imagine if Francis McDormand was that in Fargo. Right. Right. Like, like she's, or like she's the gene, she's the J.K. Simmons that parachutes in the end of the movie to kind of like, what? Well, this is a stupid, you know, she just gives a speech in the back in, in the squad car about what a lovely day it is and how pointless and stupid it is. Uh huh. No, that she was this pillar of the movie, the pillar of goodness that we wanted to see succeed. This movie doesn't really have that except for Richard Jenkins and he's, he's subservient to the, the vain. You know arrogant uh selfish assholes of the movie, so i think that's what it is like i i it's only recently that I've learned to like things like always sunny and um I, I guess I like them more when they're hyper absurd, yeah yeah, like this is trying to be very i mean it it's it's i again i i like i I like to study this because it's one of those things where it's like I'm out of step with a lot of the Cohen fans, and I love the Cohen movies sure. um, but yeah. like this and Hail Caesar. I just don't think are very funny. Um uh, uh, what they are like they have instances, like they have funny scenes, right. but they're not connected into a cohesive whole with a story that I actually care about and I want to watch again. That's um, the thing about like the the Coen's
0: formula, right? Because they do have a formula and it's all over this movie. You see it. You see the the farce, you see the yeah. the fools like kind of sealing their own doom in certain ways. Sure. You see like speeches that are right out of big Lebowski like that lawyer uh who's advising uh Tilda Swinton I don't I don't know her name uh yeah Mrs. Cox Cox. on her divorce is giving a speech straight out of big Lebowski with the cadence and everything um it's plus there's all those elements are there
1: it's just remixed in a way that doesn't quite work for me yeah like there's this really brilliant dialogue like um you know, Tilda Swinton, uh, George Clooney makes a crass joke and she goes, or, you know, makes kind of like a suggestive, sexually suggestive remark to her. And she, she's like, oh, God, you're so crass. And she looks at her watch, fuck, I'm late. Uh-huh. You know, like, right. it's one of those things where, like, someone will, like, the pot will immediately call the kettle black. And that's yeah. part of the, the. but I, it's a concept that I think should work for me. Like, imagine Tinker Taylor, soldier spy. <laughs> okay. Except for nothing matters they're all delusional and ultimately yeah. there is there's no fate really to, to for, for any of these guys that you're going to care about and it's going to be directed by the cohen's going to star all these megawatt very charming people who can do comedy and, and are doing comedy in this thing like brad pitt is amazing in this film mm-hmm. um george clooney is as good as i've ever seen him and <laughs> sure. like just mugging for the camera and doing whatever the cohen brothers ask of him francis mcdormand just, is awesome uh yeah she's just playing a character that i don't like yeah and, if, and, and i'm not t- saying that if you're a bad person if you got this movie i'm just saying that you have uh-huh. a different like I, and i don't know what s- that sense of humor looks like i suspect here's what i suspect i suspect that this is made for the type of people who like npr humor that like if you think that um you know wait wait don't tell me is like the funniest fucking thing on the radio um, and you like that kind of more sly, playful, um, uh, naughty sensibility in, in your humor. Um, then this is like a really, really hilarious thing. And I just I always struggle with that because um, I always find people talking around adult issues rather than about them as kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's just something I, I, I guess I don't get. Um And I always find like uh, I I listen to NPR because it's it's good information and I'm interested in topics like I often find uh, the humor like distracting from that. So like (laughs) that doesn't mean you're you know, it doesn't mean, you know, that's not funny. It just means that it's not my kind of funny. And, you know, the people that like that probably really hate some of the other stuff that I like. So but it's a bummer because. um I do. Every time I watch it, I see a little bit more of the bigger the bigger picture. And like, I do think the JK Simmons stuff is hilarious. Um, Mm -hmm. and some of the visual gags are very, very funny. Uh, I just wish that George Clooney was more of a hero or maybe (laughs) Francis McDormand was more of a hero, like in their own mind, even.
0: I mean, the the more I'm sitting here thinking about it and going over the scenes in my head, like, oh, I remember when, uh, you know, Clooney did that or McDormand did that. Um, all of those things are funny. It's just like as a whole, it doesn't quite come together for me. Um, I don't want to talk too specific yet, but yeah, I mean, I it's hilarious that you're like calling this NPR humor because I, I get where you're coming from with that. It certainly does have that feel to it, like sort of, you know higher class, less crass, high society kind of, right. you know, that that sort of thing. But then also, it has George Clooney in some of the crudest, most ridiculous scenes I've seen him ever perform, uh, and th- this they're hilarious true. to me. that That's the humor that really clicks for me, because uh, I'm yeah. a child, and I, I'm, I'll own that. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, so- if this was, like... If these were a series of five minute YouTube videos posted with the, like some of the, the scenes in it. Like I think it, I I think it would be a work of art, but like it's all the connecting stuff just doesn't really work for me. And it takes a long time to really get to the plot of this movie.
0: Uh, like yeah. they're doing a lot of setup. And by the time that the plot really kicks <laughs> off. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, in so much as it is a plot um, by the time it really kicks into gear with the inciting incident that you think of in like a Cohen movie, right? Where somebody is killed in dramatic fashion uh, right. that happens so late in this movie that it's kind of not the point point. Um, and it's yeah. kind of it's not kicking off the story it's like a turning point in
1: the story and it, that feels weird to me that's because that wasn't that's I don't think that's actually an inciting incident the inciting incident exactly. was a CD. no normally the Collins the going
0: they, they use that as an inciting incident yes. right you think Fargo you think yeah, any yeah, yeah. of these other movies that they've done that would be the inciting incident in this it right. is an hour into an hour and a half film. Yeah. And it's sort of just like starting to wrap things up. Right. And just, it felt off to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe I have so many expectations coming in from a Cohen film about like what they do and, and how they do it, that the remix here is what is throwing me off. And I'm just not in the right. There is a lot of of like,
1: like I, like, I think Frances McDormand is the hero because she's the one that actually gets what she wants by the end of she it. She does. Yeah. But it's also weird because we never get her reaction to that. Like, there's not the shot of her, like, no. happy with her new boobs like there is, you know, <laughs> in like, you know, like like a, a shot that everything is returned back to status quo and normal. It, like, shifts yeah. into, like, this omniscient CIA world where you know, this stuff is literally a hill of beans that they just want to go away. Cause it's just, it's like, I, we we're talking a pre-podcast, like JK Simmons plays the CIA deputy director with like the intensity of a Walmart manager who an employee <laughs> is talk, telling him about a, a toilet backed up. They're yeah. like, okay, well let's just clean up the shit, get to shit or flushing because this ain't making me money, uh-huh. uh, you know? So let's get back to them, you know, the moneymaker. And it is funny, but like, it's not about him or that or anything. Right. And Uh, that's the point, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and that works like Seinfeld is famously a movie, a a television show about nothing. And it's really funny because the characters, like that's weird. That's a weird zone because like, they are kind of like the, the antithesis of always sunny because like, there are all terrible people doing shitty things. Um, but you still kind of like them they're they're li- they're more likable yeah, uh, yeah they're not nearly psychopathic as the always <laughs> sure. sunny crew all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back but yeah i don't know i it's it's one of those things where it's like i just got a little blind uh, i've got a little bit of color blindness at this this thing this uh thing of humor and i feel like it's something that um because all you say the, the thing about the editing being stilted and jumping around here and there and being like trying to be too too much it's like i do think they're they're really going for that kind of like ultra slick mature spy thriller they're going mm-hmm. for a tinker Tailor soldier they're going for a frost Phoenix, and they're going for that kind of level of seriousness to make the humor all that much funnier and i i get that like yeah, i said like I that's the guess- thing i don't understand why i don't like this more yeah I, I mean in a spy thriller
0: like you the the plot is the entire point in this i felt like i wanted some characters that i could latch onto, and they just never give me yes. that and this yeah. this jump the jumping around cutting between characters so fast never gives me a moment to sit with these characters and really get in their heads i'm more like it, it being given setup for characters that i should care about but don't yeah uh, that's just how i felt I, I don't know like a lot of people are going to be you know, on the other side of the fence with this and say, Oh yeah. I identified with all these characters.
1: And it might even be Cause like the other movies, like, um, raising Arizona and, uh, 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 the big Lebowski have a layer of magical realism. They can escape to, to like kind of walk a walk it up. Yeah, yeah. Like as the plot is building to this intensity, they can always have a dream sequence involving uh, a satanic biker or, <laughs> yeah, you know, or bowling,
0: uh, bowling in, in yeah. heaven
1: with what like, angelic Viking late and, and that kind of stuff. They can always do that. Whereas this movie, I felt like needed kind of hijinks music, Around some of the swirling, building action, but then that runs against the Tinker Tailor Soldier thing that they're trying to do. Everything the the extremely blue washed uh, color treatment, so that it's like you could. This is a cold war, you know, like a cold war, like ultra gritty realistic, and like it just does. But it does work for a ton of people. Like again, yeah. I, but I, that's the other thing. It's like I wonder if the people that like this are. This is me um, working both sides of the, the the chessboard here. But I wonder if the people who really do appreciate this this is so criminally underappreciated as a movie I don't know that's what it feels like that like they have to build it up like I saw multiple people saying this isn't a top 5 Coen co-brothers oh, movie that's hard top three someone said on reddit and I'm like really like Fargo no country <laughs> big lebowski, uh, big lebowski oh, seriously brother. like and then you're talking oh brother you're talking um uh 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 shit what is the other one that's uh that's really funny raising Arizona um, I mean yeah there's did I mention that one already I don't think so no I, no I, I feel like there's six or seven movies that are in this conversation before you get to this this is like just a you know this isn't the worst Coen Brothers film I've ever seen um oh what, what do you Blood think Simple. is because this is like the one Blood <laughs> that was would... the one that I yeah okay I, I kind of like liked Blood Simple
0: um okay i thought it was good this one is is my least favorite cohen film that i've seen and i've only seen it once um you know i've seen the big lebowski dozens of times i've seen fargo eh, probably more than five times so you know it's it's not a cohen film that i would choose to go back
1: to first i don't think it's awful i think it just didn't work for me yeah yeah i mean like if you like Man, I'm thinking like True Grit's better than this. I'm I mean, Barton Fink is better, is better better than, than this. this. Barton Fink is better than this. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> just a They've made a, a lot of good. I like Hudsucker Proxy better than this. Um, okay. Just in terms of kind of screwball comedies. Um, but this isn't a screwball comedy. It's a black comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I like I said, everything on there on, on paper looks amazing. Uh it just it just kind of left me a little cold. Um yeah. before we get into talking like the spoilers, because I imagine the most of our conversation from here will probably be the bombs that the movie does connect with. Because oh, they're yeah. yeah, big, big there are a couple <laughs> of scenes that have some big laughs. Um so this movie uh is about as much as it's about anything, <laughs> a CIA analyst who gets professionally insulted because they want to transfer him from CIA to the State Department um, and who quits enraged and goes home and is, is, uh, his wife immediately, uh, played by Tilda Swinton, immediately instigates divorce proceedings. The lawyer advises her to get a complete financial picture of him before he knows about the divorce. So burn all the information you can get from his computer about his fi- everything. Just get it all yeah this cd then because of the lawyer's secretary goes missing at a gym i think and he gets picked up by francis mcdormand who needs fifty thousand dollars to buy fake tits and some skin, some some liposuction and some face fixing uh and she decides to try to blackmail and extort this money and sell it to the to Russian government, which brings in more CIA involvement, which somehow spirals into George Clooney, who's kind of a low level slash failing U.S. Marshal. Uh, the whole gym crew gets involved. The It's just, yeah. Like I said, I even as I'm telling you this, this seems like a very funny setup for mm-hmm. a very, very good black comedy. Um, And then that's it the that that those events spiral out of everyone's control to everyone's consternation including the highest levels of the CIA and that's the movie Uh, yeah I mean if you're a Cohen fan you've probably already seen this movie Mm -hmm. if you're not a Cohen fan ah I yeah like yeah how much of a not cohen fan are you
0: like oh, you know what do you even say not cohen fan just like haven't seen enough to be a fan or have seen a bunch and didn't like any of it
1: because yeah, i wouldn't don't like any this. of this stuff like yeah well, well, well maybe you do because this is like to me so unlike what they normally make but i don't know hmm. this also could be like the beginning of late cohen brothers that i don't really because like honestly i don't like uh I don't like inside Lewin Davis. I don't like hail Caesar. Uh, mm. I did like the bus, the, the Battle of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not grit. even sure how much, yeah, I did. True grit was before that. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, but, but you, know, they've had a lot more misses than hits in the, the, the latter half of their career. But of course they're only like in the early sixties too. Uh, so yeah, see it if you want to see it. Um, we will tell you we're not just going to talk about the fun. I guess the funny stuff in the movie or the things that, that work uh, correctly. Um, yeah. The, one of the things that really works for me is all the acting. Like, I think
0: across the board, everybody is great in this movie. Oh, yeah. That's why the scenes are so funny. Yeah, right. I mean, Clooney is. Is excellent. I, I would say either he or Francis McDormand are the best in this
1: movie. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. Brad Pitt is so fucking good too. Brad Pitt is very funny and John Malkovich <laughs> as the, you know, like his just incredulity yeah. at dealing with the jackasses, like that part where he's in a sailboat and he's doing poorly doing calisthenics while he's like trying to incorporate like a pep talk and uh-huh. you know affirmations in with like you know i'm back you fuckers i'm back i can't be <laughs> stopped it's just it's uh and it only works because he's john malkovich you know and it's right. funny and just watching him do shit like that like his best
0: human accent and he's close he's close to a human accent uh mm-hmm. he doesn't quite get there I, I don't know what john malkovich's real accent is He's done so many and he always has this way of speaking that I can't tell if it's an accent or it's a cadence.
1: Yeah, there's something uh-huh. strange
0: about the way he talks and I love it.
1: Yeah, he's he's kind of an underrated uh, Christopher Walken type. He does have a very okay. distinct way of enunciating uh-huh. and a cadence to his delivery and and all that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: but everybody's so good. I, I mean, Brad Pitt is a very annoying character, but he's also playing it extremely well uh this this you oh, know jim jim rat doofus kind of character. his
1: name's Chad I, right Which what I you thought was, to know like does this did is did this start the meme like Maybe? is this how chad's got to be known as like these kind of bubble headed but very good with women and fuckable idiots because uh, there is something f- hilarious about this fuck boy yeah putting on a suit and like gets into Malkovich's car, and like immediately like kind of like he's like, Well, what's a serious face look like? I just narrow my eyes uh-huh. like I even love the know. phone call
0: the the first phone call they make to Malkovich uh and they're like trying to say, Hey, we got your your data and and get some money out of him and and Brad Pitt's like, I thought you might be concerned about the security of oh, your
1: shit. shit. <laughs> it's just his delivery is so good just all the stuff like yeah when they're talking about like well we should just leave a note in the ladies locker room about oh what about like what if you lost your secret shit if you Uh lost your top secret cia shit yeah the new like you know um just shades of new shit has come to light he's he's very funny um even just like the uh, so like his whole conversation with the uh, Malkovich in the car is very funny. Him hiding like his reaction to like hiding from George Clooney and like the look on his face right before he gets his bla- brains blown out is also hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that whole scene's good. Like the the shower to me was probably the funniest
0: thing because he's like, okay dudes dudes getting in the shower let me escape here and it's like a three second shower it's the fastest shower on earth Uh (laughs) which uh just
1: cracked me up he's just spraying off his undercarriage clearly Uh he's just getting in there and just like getting the the twig and berries rinsed and he's he's good to go um i read because i read a lot because i'm like you know what am i going to say about this film this is a film i was really hoping because it's it's been about 10 years since i've seen this movie um I was really hoping that like when I saw it, I'd be like, oh, of course. Yeah, I was just a babe before and I was in a bad place in my life. And now I see it and it's so clearly now with, the, with all we've been through as a country and all the stupid stuff in politics and stuff. Like, it's just going to hit me really. Nope, still still didn't really hit me. But I, I read someone said something that I thought was pretty amazing and that it's Brad Pitt is a character actor that was born in a leading man's body because yeah I feel like he does more work at doing like absurd and weird and very particular characters than about any one of his good looking caliber like Leo kind of just acts like Leonardo DiCaprio and everything and he's amazing at it and he's very good yeah. at certain things and stuff but like I don't not, know Brad
0: Pitt is a leading man who has chosen to be a character actor <laughs> Because it's all it all comes down to like the roles he picks, right? You think Fight Club, you think uh, right. this movie, you think like, the only thing I've seen him be like a leading man in, I think is Ocean's Eleven or the yeah. Ocean's I movies. mean, he's been
1: in a lot. Like he's done a, sure, a, sure. a lot of leading man work. But 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 yeah, he does do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, I don't know, is that a leading man role? Like you got two leading men so, yeah. in it. But, you know, he convincingly plays kind of like a down in his luck stuntman which is a character actor role. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's, but he's, he's good because he's like, um, I don't think Brad Pitt is a dummy, but he's playing just like the stupidest, the, 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 the the, the most moronic type of character. um, Who's like, not even like him and Francis McDormand are like this particular type of idiot that are like a smart enough that can, that to go for such a crazy brass ring but not give any thought about the implications of like betraying your government to the Russians, mm-hmm. going against the CIA, blackmailing a CIA officer. Like, none of these things. Like, they there's not even a conversation about like, well, what would happen if, you know, they just arrest us? Like, yeah. like when Malkovich says, is like, do you understand that you're committing a felony? And that if you, and, and the funniest part is like, if you go through with the leverage of the blackmail, which is already a felony, you are then. Giving away classified information, which is like a super felony and like the look on Brad Pitt's face is just like, no, I'm a good, I'm a good Samaritan, like not a single thought given to what if that ruse doesn't work, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's, it's really funny.
0: (laughs) It is. Yeah
1: he's not a, he's not the, he's not the, he's not the character that you like build the movie around. Right. You know, it's just an element of uh, something that's working. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a lot
0: of those, a lot of elements of something that's working here, but the, the stew is not coming together for me because Clooney is great. Um, and his character is really funny, right? This kind of like, as you said, sort of, sort of failing, uh, Marshall who, like sleeps around constantly. He's, he's cheating on his wife with two different people in this movie. Um, but he's also
1: very happily married. That's the other thing that's interesting well, about his character. No, because
0: it isn't he. Okay. So this movie is very twisty. Um, it has like a million different twists and a million different like ways that characters are interacting in, in yes. ways you didn't think they were before. Um, right. And those reveals. And I'm might be confused here, but I was under the impression that, both couples in this are getting divorced, right? Or are investigating each other with the prospect of divorce.
1: Am but, I wrong but about that? Clooney, yeah, but Cluny didn't know. Like, obviously, he uh, thought he was happily married, and he's cheating right. on his wife all the time, but he doesn't want to leave her. No, but he she wants to leave him. Her. She wants to leave him because, of yeah. course, she does because she knows about all the philandering and the fact that she's got her own boy toy that, you know, she's become rich and famous as a... And, you know, he's just like this it, kind is of... Is cool. her... Okay another question because I can't recognize this man's face because it's a white
0: wall of nothing uh-huh, is yeah. the guy that she is hooking up with France not Francis McDormand Dermot Dermot Mulroney
1: is, that the, so. is that
0: the guy she's hooking up with because he's like, in this but, movie but I could through the television like five times. You're right, he is. Um, but his face is nothing, right? His face is like generic setting 1 in a video game.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz I at one point where the movie kind of freeze frames on him and I like, "Wait, is did did, did is Justin Throw in this movie and I I've, I've never known it?" And it's like, <laughs> "But yeah, I I couldn't pick this guy out of a lineup if you put no. Dermot Delroni and <laughs> and McDermott Del, Del Mooney and Justin right. Thoreau, and, and said, Gun gun to my head, pick w- which of these three guys is in the movie. I, I don't know. You'd have to blow my brains out. Yeah. You have to Brad Pitt me. Uh, but he, yeah, he plays this kind of like, he's twitchy for some reason. He's mm-hmm. neurotic because he claims to have all these like allergies, but like, I don't know. That might just be kind of like a, 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 a neurotic thing. Um, he's a. And this is this is uh, the movies about this, too, about people that have very impressive sounding jobs. I'm a U.S. agent. Mm. Oh, that sounds like, oh, but I've never had to shoot anybody. And I've mostly done like court work. And I only really brag about private protection when I'm trying to make condom jokes to the many women that I'm dating. Uh, Just like John Malkovich, he's a CIA agent. But he also doesn't matter. Like, you know, that sounds impressive. Oh, you're you're an analyst working at Langley. Oh, my God, you must be James Bond. He's not. No, he's he's the CIA's janitor right yeah Um, and they, there's another thing like the fact that uh, Francis McDermott uh, McDormand is a physical fitness expert who hates her body and thinks she's flabby and, and going oh, her her body is uh, going over down the hill and all that stuff mm-hmm. like they are doing this thing but like that's not what the movie's about <laughs> <laughs> just like they're doing a thing about like how uh, the central intelligence is kind of unorganized and don't know anything and kind of makes things worse all the time. But like, that's not what the movie is also about. It's
0: the closest thing to what the movie is about. I think
1: but what's it, its thesis. It, it, that's
0: a damn fine question. And I don't have an answer, um, but that's kind of the thesis is like this movie is showing just how silly all of it is. I, it's hard to put your finger on what is the point of this movie because it is such a farce. Um, and, and every aspect of it is a farce, right? There is no like grounding element where, you know, and, and they do this in Fargo, the TV show too, right? Like a lot of the Casey, uh, mafia stuff that happens in like season two, I think, is probably directly mm-hmm. based on this stuff because they've got a lot of you know oh, higher ups sure. in the the mafia organizations, just kind of not necessarily being buffoons, but just like seeing things play out and not doing too much
1: about it because um, it's such a minor thing. and, you know that like in Fargo, it's deadly important, but if you're the Kansas City right. mafia, it's just one region. You know, it's like yeah, t- it's 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 you'd care about as much as uh you know uh. You know, the, the as Benton, Arkansas, world headquarters of Walmart cares about that one backed up toilet, you know, like, yeah, so it exists, the, it's like not. Yeah.
0: And then the season of Fargo is not about that either. Right. It's just an element mm-hmm. of it. And I feel like this has
1: several different elements, none of which the movie is about. Right. Yeah. Because like it, this movie is also made in that weird kind of point of his time where we were still fooling ourselves with like the history end of history. Like we're gonna have a unipolar world, and you know, there's not going to, you know, well, uh, I say that because like this movie treats like turning like since uh, classified information over to Russians is like a joke. That okay. wouldn't be a joke in nineteen sixty nine. Like even this level of information being disclosed, it wouldn't be a joke. It wouldn't be a joke today. Mm-hmm. But in two thousand eight, it's a joke that you could take a dossier of CIA information and give it to the Russians and the CIA is literally like, just don't get in the way. Just, you know, yeah. Make sure this person gets away, make sure this body gets buried, <laughs> make sure this because like whatever we're because I, I think the movie is like, what is the site CIA actually even doing anymore? If America's running everything and there is no one on the world stage that could possibly challenge us and like, what the hell? What is the mo- what is the important thing that they're working on? You know, that yeah. kind of like. Um, well, that's it- that's the thing, too, right? Like, because there are several
0: elements in the movie like that. Um, and if you're asking the question, like, what the hell is the important thing that the CIA is working on? You're also asking that same question about George Clooney uh, building something in the basement. And the movie then. <laughs> Takes that in a direction that says, Hey, there is nothing important that he's working on, right? It's this sex chair. Uh, right. Because uh, the <laughs> movie really builds it up. They want you to think, Oh, man, sure. is he going to kill Tilda Swinton to get out of this yeah, relationship he's, he's
1: he doesn't want to be long term? Buying all this hardware. He's got the secretive project that's all gated off that his wife can't even see. Like, yeah, behind lock and key, literally. And then the reveal is such a farce. It's so ridiculous yeah. and pointless that yeah, like when, I feel like they're they're know, comparing the two, right? But and there's a real menace. Like uh, at least I remember, like when he's bringing Tilda Swinton, or not Tilda Swinton, when he's bringing Francis McDormand down there, and like you know, you see this like steel <laughs> thing with a chair, and, like it's like she is he going to torture this lady, right? And then he rocks the chair, and like there's a <laughs> there's a brief beat, and then wong, the, the, it's. It's, it is like hilarious. It oh, yeah. like that, even like up until that point, I don't think I'd really cracked a smile in the movie when I was first watched mm-hmm. it, but that was like, oh, okay. Um And it's not even the big build up. That's like happens at like the uh, one third of the way through the movie. Yeah. Um But yeah, they do that thing where it's like, yeah, you're like, what the hell is he building? What is he working on? He's this frustrated CIA or uh, US Marshal who's in love with the CIA operatives, wife, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's also like it's also as pre-Snowden. Like I I do think part of the joke was just that the CIA are now like uh these kind of ridiculous middle, middle managers on on the the world scene. Mm-hmm. Um I don't but yeah, I I I it's uh again didn't didn't land for me. Um Tilda Swinton is like Probably the least used, I guess, if you want to make a Richard Jenkins, uh, he might be also. But Tilda Swinton, for her name and like what I was expecting, she is essentially a straight man for everyone else to be ridiculous in front of, you know. Agreed. I I think there's one funny
0: scene they have with her. Um, but yes, I mean, ninety nine percent
1: of this movie. What is that one that you are thinking uh, of?
0: The, the it's another reveal. They're they're really good with reveals in this movie, um, and mm-hmm. setting your sort of expectations because Tilda Swinton, the whole movie is acting like Malkovich is a failure uh, because he's no longer this high level CIA operative. She's very successful. She's talking about, oh, you're gonna live off of my pension, my retirement stuff. Now that you've lost your job, and then it's revealed later that she's a pediatrician and and if you, if you have seen the movie Uh-oh. up to this point this woman has no business being a pediatrician and and that is revealed no. with her trying to jam this stick down this kid's mouth trying to get him to open his mouth and shouting
1: at him like you're going to open your mouth right now i swear to god so i'm, I'm going to tell your mom to go out the room and i'm going to deal with you alone yeah yeah she's like right yeah. there is no parent on earth who would have this be their
0: pediatrician and th- that revealed yeah. to me was really funny but mm-hmm. yeah she's pretty much
1: the straight straight person in this movie yeah and there's a lot of like really funny dialogue like uh you know Brad Pitt's Chad they're going over her dating profiles and she sees this one dude with like a bad haircut and and he's she's she's talking about like what her ideal man is and then she opens up the profile and she sees this guy cuz this is all very this is like probably too early to like for internet date like internet dating is almost like it's referred to as a service yeah you know um, but she's like, does he look like he has a sense of humor? And Brad Pitt says his opt- optometrist does because he's wearing these ridiculous, <laughs> like you know, uh-huh. battleship windshield sunglasses or glasses. I mean, that I, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I I thought that was uh pretty funny. All but but all the like, and also like how related everything was. Like there was as all as multiple nested pathetic love triangles. Right. Um, like it's a fractal image of those pathetic nested love triangles throughout the whole movie. Um, And normally that works for me. It
0: just, it just didn't quite connect in this movie. And I think it's because I didn't like any of the characters
1: that it's gotta be it. Brad Pitt also when uh, Malkovich is like uh, you're empty if, if, if uh, you know I, I brought my whatever to bear on you your empty little head would be spinning faster than the wheels on your Schwinn bicycle and Brad Pitt laughs, laughs like Can you think it's a Schwinn <laughs> right. and he just like punches him in the face that's hilarious like yeah. Brad Brad Pitt is being threatened by well, who he thinks is a highly placed CIA agent mm-hmm. and he, he gets the wrong brand of bicycle and he gets hung up on it uh, yeah, yeah that's funny I mean, it is it
0: is. Um, Yeah, it just doesn't quite connect for me because there's a lot like in this movie that is intricate like that. Um, This movie is kind of a clockwork farce. And
1: it should work a lot better for me. It just doesn't. And there's some things like I can tell the line is written to be clever, clever, like after George Clooney finds out his wife is divorcing him. And he's sitting there with Francis McDermott who's very bored and just wants him to plow and get out of there. Uh, he's like, oh, this, this whole thing came out of nowhere. You think you've been? And she's like, well, isn't this been a long time coming? And he's like, well, yeah, but still, like, I think that's supposed to be funny, but it came across me as like too much in the sad, pathetic. Um, so <laughs> it's like it, it didn't feel I don't know. It, it didn't feel like it's set up to be funny, but it's written like it's funny. Yeah, but.
0: That's another Um, really funny Clooney moment that I liked. Um, You know, he's sex obsessed, obviously. And he's got he he goes to Tilda Swinton's house. He gets uh, he he brings his sex wedge with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Brad Pitt goes inside, whatever. Um, There's a point where like Tilda Swinton, I think, says something to him that angers him. And so, he storms upstairs, and Mm -hmm. he grabs the only thing he brought with him, which is a sex wedge, and he takes it Uh all the way down and puts it in the trunk of his car and leaves. And I I just, I don't know why that's so funny, but, like, this grown-ass man pouting about being yelled at, grabbing Uh the thing of value, which is a sex wedge, and then storming off is hilarious to me.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, like, um the thing that keeps it from being a good movie, I think is all those very funny things are just not connected in a way that builds. Right. Except for, like I said, if this this movie would be hysterical, if this was about JK Simmons as the frantic, you know, middle management of CIA trying to make sense of the crazy world that he's found himself into. It certainly could be. Yeah. And I care. And like, he had a whole, like, you know, he's just trying to get to his daughter's birthday party or something because he's a stranger. I'm like, that's like, feels like a Cohen film that I could get behind. Right. But like as a, a guy who, he, Sort of thing. Yeah, as a, as, as a guy who just comes in late in the movie to kind of like, because like, also I think this is a pretty short movie. It's not quite two hours by by a long shot. It's like an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, Like the movie just abruptly stops and it almost feels like a deus ex machina situation where like J.K. Simmons gets lowered out of the clouds behind a desk and just like, oh, all these bodies and all that stuff. Well, we'll burn it. We'll cover up this. We'll hide that. We'll ship him off to Venezuela. And you know, boy, wasn't this all just a waste of everyone's time? Haha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is the like if you have been catching everything on this movie's wavelength and coming to the same conclusion, that's probably still very funny because J.K. Simmons is extremely funny. He's yeah. extremely good at these kind of roles. Um, and all the people that we've cared about, like John, you know, like if you cared about John Malkovich, him saying uh did uh, our guy shot him oh, well, good is he dead you know like <laughs> right. you know and like George's like you know these guys trying to go to new, new zealand but we don't know why so like, well it's because new zealand's got no extradition oh well what should we do we'll put him on the next flight to venezuela like mm-hmm. jk simmons is born to say shit like that right but yeah i don't yeah, george clinton like the, these guys are all like either dead and shot or you know i it's it's Like I said, I'm in the unfortunate position where like everyone that agrees with me will agree with me and everyone that doesn't will be mad. So um, Mm -hmm. I will say that I was kind of surprised to see this film, much like Hail Caesar, pulling an 85 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Yeah, with critics, I think critics were
0: uh, more in tune with it than a lot of the public. I think it's got a 60 something um, from the public, which is it sounds about right. Because I think like that NPRS quality that you're talking about hits more with critics than it would with. Oh, it sure does. The, the general movie going public. It sure does. And but the audience is, is like 65 percent. So it's still fresh. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it, it's, I don't think anybody thinks this movie is terrible and I don't think it's terrible. It just doesn't quite yeah. click with me in the no. way that a lot of Cohen films do, even though
1: it has its funny moments. Yeah. Like Roger Ebert gives it three stars, which I think is fair, but it's not like the Cohen's top three films are four star Oscar winning films. Oh, like yeah. oh yeah. yeah, and that's where I, I guess I have the problem. Is, and that's where I feel like maybe just maybe the people that really like this are, um, you know, feel like this movie doesn't get its due or doesn't get its credit when it's like, well, maybe it's appropriately credited. It is eighty percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It did get a three star review from Roger Ebert. Did this 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 did this make any? Did this get any awards? No, um, it wasn't
0: nominated for any Academy Awards. Uh, it was nominated yeah. for some BAFTAs and and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, I, I it did know. really like, well in the box office. Like thirty-seven million dollar budget, one hundred and sixty-three million in the box office. So f- over so four it times made a lot of
1: money. Five times its uh, budget. But I feel like that's also like. Um, that 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 speaks to the coen brothers respect at the cinema like they've had and so the many star bangers power. and so much success and the I mean star holy powers. shit you, like, you know. see
0: i mean Brad Pitt and George Clooney what this is like 7 years after Ocean's 11 so they were still like seen as this you know as the pinnacle of like leading men in hollywood movies um, and right. them
1: teaming back up to do this movie is it, that has to drive some of its success certainly Right, right. Yeah. Cause like, even like I was thinking, Oh, brother only made 72 million. So I was thinking, like, well maybe, cause I remember that being a real critical success and getting a lot of yeah. buzz at like Oscars and whatnot. Um, but it wasn't near. So maybe was this like the movie, moving going public, like, okay, we slept on Oh, brother. Now we're going to go see this burn after, you know, like there's no way we're going to. That's
0: like,
1: so Clooney in Oh,
0: brother, where art thou is not like the. That trailer. I don't give, think gives you the impression that, like, you're going to get Clooney in this movie, whereas I hmm. could see the trailer for this movie thinking, oh, OK, I'm going to get, like, Clooney at at full Clooney form, right? Yeah. A brother where I thought was such a weird turn for him, um, even though he is charming in that movie and it's like. Yeah, it, it, he is being very Clooney in that movie. The setting of it, the the sepia also, tones, the yeah, 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 yeah. Just the qualities of that movie are so different from what you think of in terms of Clooney's movies. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like I said, I I wish I liked this film better. I don't ha- I don't bear any ill will, and there are some side yeah. splitting. There are some pretty pretty good gut busters here um it just all doesn't hang together it feels more like a sketch comedy film that <laughs> didn't quite yeah. get all the sketches connected than it does um like a, like a, a, cohesive pe- uh, uh, a cohesive uh a cohesive part of a whole but again i'm clearly in a minority on this uh i'm not trying to talk anybody out of liking this movie if it's there if it is your top 3 coen brothers film hey man that's cool we just have a yeah a way different top 3 I mean, that's the thing. It's like I do feel because I was really hoping that this I would like I, I think, that like, yeah, I don't know why I would ever watch this film again, because I've given it mm, a couple fair yeah. shakes. Um, and again, I, I see what it's going for. Just just maybe not for me. I'd much rather go back to get another watch of Big Lebowski or Oh Brother or Raising Arizona. Um, and that's just a funny shit. You know, if I wanted mm. to go see their serious f- films, I'd much rather go s- see again, you know, No Country or, you know, True Grit. Uh, True Grit, sure. Uh, Miller's Crossing, which man, that's another. That's that's a Coen Brothers film. If we ever go on a gangster kick again, we need to we need to take that one in. But uh, there you go, there you go. Burn after reading, uh, burn after listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, this this uh, Prestige podcast. Uh, we'll be back with another one next week. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See you everybody. All right, let's take a
0: quick break and we'll be right back.